everybody, welcome to the Splash Damage Podcast. We have for you a little bonus episode this time around, uh, and we are going to talk about some fun and goofy stuff. With me, uh, sitting to my left, he's chasing me down and cornering me, is my uh, green ghost, Thomas. Hello. I don't know the official name for the green ghost. Just Blinky? Blinky. It's called Follows You... Uh, never mind. <laughs> to my right. What were you going for there? To my right, to my right, relentlessly chasing me wherever I go is my red ghost, Andrew. Hey guys. I am your blue ghost, Nathan. Our bonus level uh, this time round involves taking video game properties and moving them over into television and or film. Uh, we've seen it happen a lot. We've seen it happen with, I'll say. Uh, I'll go ahead and say varied levels of success. Actually, the three of us together saw Assassin's Creed in the theaters, <laughs> uh, which we can we can get into that or not get into that. Um, but what we're all going to do, we're each going to do a pitch. That's what this episode is going to be. We are each going to pitch a video game IP that we think can make it in the film or TV space, and hopefully with a level of success that has not been seen before. Um, we know what's about to happen. The Witcher on Netflix is about to happen. Um, so we'll see how that does. And really in the really early stages, Alan Wake is about to happen. Although I'm not sure what, um, what station or platform that will be on. Uh, but who wants to kick us off? Thomas, you got a, uh, go. here we um, go, Thomas. Pitch me something that's going to kill it. Let's see. I have had a game series that I've loved for a very long time. I remember playing this on the NES when I was a kid, Ooh. not getting very far. Gradius. I then, no, but that would be, that'd be pretty He's dope. changing his answer no. now. <laughs> um, then I played it on the SNES, and it, you know, was even better. Very similar. Skipped the N64 generation, then popped up on the GameCube. This build-up is crazy. This build-up is insane. And it ended on the Wii U. Or the Wii. I don't know. Not do you, the Wii. Do you have any... Pokemon you... Adventure? I don't know. I wish it was Pokemon <laughs> Adventure. No, it is Metroid. Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, Metroid, I think, would be kind of perfect for a film. I, I, was, uh, I was going over in my head what kind of film it should be. I think a, a basic one would be like, you know, action... Kind sure. Of like mystery suspense. Sure. But I almost think it would work as like a uh, a castaway esque type uh, emergency landing uh, emergency procedure. She landed. She landed somewhere where she didn't necessarily want. Yeah. To or land. Okay. or she she was flying near a planet that she knew she shouldn't be at, and she had to land there. Got it. And um, it was kind of like she had to scavenge for resources. She would learn about the history of that planet. I think the thing that is interesting about the uh, the older, well, all the Metroids actually, but um, I can't believe I'm, I'm about to do this again. They have a very like Dark Souls type thing going on. <laughs> Metroid has a Dark Souls type thing going on. Only because you're no. coming into a world that already has like a past to it. 
and you're learning uh, about that past. But you're, that describes like every video game ever. So, <laughs> no, but no, like they're 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 very light on dialogue. It's like Dark Souls because there's a character and that it, you're moving around. There's and a it, world no! and you drop into it. It just made me think of that. But um, but yeah. So so you're learning about the past of this planet and like how it went down, and you're slowly uncovering things. And I think if you could add that into a uh, like a lone survivor type thing, almost like um, like a gravity or something. So would you do like a pretty minimal cast? Yeah, yeah. Like a pretty like uh, I, yeah. I think the the best way to do it would to have Samus be a uh, a character. Uh, 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 obviously, maybe. Um, I don't even think she has like a mission command because she's a bounty hunter. So I don't even think that you would need like a like a big cast. You would probably need her and a uh, like a CGI person yeah. as a space pirate. No origin story. Just 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 hop in and she's running around trying to. I would love for there not to be an origin story. Yeah. I I don't I, I I don't particularly like or origin stories. I feel they uh, put creators in a box, and you're not really allowed to make your own thing you just kind of have to so you just thought batman begins was a bad film no i thought batman because it was an origin story no no no. i i i <laughs> i think that they often put creators in a box i thought batman begins was pretty interesting yeah but batman begins wasn't the typical origin story no because batman's origin is the joker kills his parents then he becomes batman batman begins didn't do that that's it true. simply showed you, hey, he trained under Ra's al Ghul. So I think that's a totally different thing. I would love to see... I'm picturing like um, a really cool moment because showing this to a film audience, a lot of the people are not going to know this story all, already. And I think a lot of times video game people think like, well, everyone knows that the Metroid story, but that's not true on the, on the movie audience. So I would love to see like... Um, I would love to get thrown right in like a bullet hell sequence right at the beginning uh, with tons of like special effects, explosions, yada, yada, yada. And then right when she's safe at the end of that sequence is when you get like she turns to the camera and you get the reveal and she takes off her helmet and it's a woman. I think that would be I think that would be a really cool I, I just think I just think cinematically when you're talking to Hollywood, I think that would be a really cool reveal to happen like at the very end of the opening action scene. Um where where, you know and it was kinda similar in the video game, she took off her helmet and she was a woman. That that was surprising already. Um it was. but yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I think it would be good. Andrew, Parker. Go. Oh, yeah, sorry. I can go. Go ahead, yeah. You want me to go? Yeah. So I took a little curveball here. Um, I thinking about the games that have games to film and why it has failed in the past. Obviously, at the end of the day, when you're talking to the box office, you're you're talking about money. So I came at this from an angle of how can I convince Hollywood to make a video game film that's going to be a good return on investment. It might sound a little weird, but I am doing the. Uh, uh, I'm coming at this from the indie game space. The reason I'm coming at this from the indie game space is because I think I can make it cheap, and I think I can get a I think I can get a big splash on an on a cheaply made indie game. I would write either 
What Remains of Edith Finch. Or I would write, um, it'd be really fun to write a really good adaptation for Life is Strange to go from to go from video game to film. The reason is Life is Strange is a good title. It's like it doesn't have a ton of special effects. It has just enough supernatural stuff in it that it would make it interesting but can be done cheaply. What remains of Edith Finch I think would be really fun to do, especially to have all these little cutaways to like other family members um as the story progresses. Uh I think both could be made like under 10 million. Metroid is like 200 250 million probably um and i think you could make this really cheaply i think you could festival the crap out of it um and get it to the point where like people leave the theater and are you know how in today's movie watching generation people walk out of the theater and are like instantly googling the movie like as they're walking out and like looking up trivia and stuff and then they like turn to each other and go like oh this was a video game like like and have that moment yeah. like i think that'd be really cool so i would i would probably look to take something that could be done cheaply and be like leaning heavily on the writing uh and the storytelling uh so those two i think would be like really cool to see uh adapted i don't know i mean it it would be a little light on explosions i'm not gonna Did lie you, play light? you played life is strange no, 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 no. Oh, I didn't okay. play. I didn't play it all the way through, but I have read about and I've read like about like the next installment that's out. Yeah. Um, but I think that uh, I think that either I just threw out two examples of like recent indie games, just yeah, because yeah. Um, I think that in in a similar fashion they could be like made in the indie space. It's like slow. Life is Strange is slow, and it's so obviously targeted targeted at like teenage girls to play. But the story is actually really, really good. Did you play it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, when the, the time travel and then the... Well, sorry, spoilers. The, like, well, that's, that's in like the first 20 minutes. It's fine. Yeah. That doesn't yeah. count. <laughs> yeah. No, no, not this... Well, yeah. Anyway. By I the mean, end. probably yeah, I not the spoiler amazing, that you were going to mention. Amazing I think you, I think yeah, you figure out that there's time travel fairly early on. But, yeah. um, but that's what I was saying. Uh, it's a special effect that makes the story interesting, but doesn't have to be super expensive to like show on did, on uh, did yeah. you play edith finch partly like halfway <laughs> it's yeah, yeah you yeah. say that with uh you know some shame 100 percent, 100 percent shame 100 percent shame yeah yeah <laughs> edith finch would be uh in, interesting because it's about the length of a film yeah it's super short it's like yeah how how long it's is two that? Two hours long. Yeah, it's yeah. so short. But you get so much. I I really like the like family history aspect that you get, and so I think that you yeah. can like you can fit that into a really good gripping story. Yeah, it's yeah. like a royal Tenenbaums or something. Yeah, for sure. Like yeah. every every family member gets like a little a little like chunk of time. Mm-hmm. I would love. Yeah, it it the thing about video game films is I I don't I think that people have a tough time adapting them because they're not really trying to think of them in the confines of like the art form that they're coming from to yep. the art form that they're going to. Yeah. Video games can a lot can be forgiven because you know, the the player has to do a bunch. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they just fill in all the space. So if they could take a game like those that are heavy on story and then adapt them in a way that those can be kind of like rearranged so that they make sense 
I, I feel like it would be good. I feel like one of the downsides, I, I mentioned Assassin's Creed a, a few minutes ago because the three of us went together to see it when it came out. And I remember reading about Ubisoft like holding creative control like against the studio for that film. And I remember thinking, A, that's bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I remember thinking, I know they're protective. I know this is their baby. I know this is like... I know they need to like make sure this is done their way, but at the same time, they're not filmmakers. Also, yeah. that's super rare to hear of an IP like this going to Hollywood, and like Hollywood doesn't have like the studio doesn't have the creative control. And I feel like a lot of decisions that ended up happening in the movie were probably at the video game at Ubisoft's insistence, and it probably made it a worse movie. Rather than saying, like, we need to make sure we protect this, I think you need to trust. That's the other side of making video games into film. You need to trust the film medium people to, like, do the best thing with your story. They're not trying to make it crappy. So I feel like uh, we could have got a little bit better film if uh, the studio was able to do what they wanted, basically. How does... So... You probably know a lot about this, uh, but speaking about like Marvel, yeah, how does Marvel deal with adapting a comic book to a film, and what are like the conversations like between the creators and the filmmakers? I mean, gosh, that's such a success story. It's such like an ongoing ridiculous because if you pay attention in the credits, I was watching. Um, I was watching uh, uh, Iron Fist the other day, and like a lot of the credits and the creators were like writers on the comics, and mm. uh, that's a that's a really good thing. But um, you all, you also have to remember that Marvel is doing everything within the wider arc of their combined movie universe, mm -hmm. so everything every piece of art they make. Um, they can like tie into the other parts of the universe that are already there. Another thing I think they do that's really good is they take like the best parts of the comic stories. So if you look at Thor 3, Thor Ragnarok, they took a lot of chunks of like Planet Hulk, the like Planet Hulk storyline. And like that's the one where Bruce Banner flew away on a jet, uh, ended mm -hmm. up landing on a strange planet, was thrown into, like, a gladiator arena, blah, blah, blah. Of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, Everyone um, knows the classic comic book where <laughs> a gladiator arena on a random planet. Yeah. But they're able to... <laughs> They're able to take these comic book stories and, like, loosely use them but not be married to them. And I feel like with Ubisoft, they were insistent on, like, this is an Assassin's Creed story. And, that's, and that comes from the video games. And so you have to show this and you have to show that and you have to show, you know, how the animus works. And you have to show, like, yeah. that, that's not always the best thing for a film. So they no. needed to be a little, uh, they needed to be connected, but they needed to be more loosely connected. And I feel like Marvel films take like these little golden nuggets from the comic book stories and they yeah. don't replicate them entirely, but they just take like, oh, that's a really good little nugget. I'll use that, but I'll make it fit for a film. It's, it's really hard. I, I almost feel like they should be treated as like separate entities, but it feels like game, like the people that own the game want them to all be the same. Yeah. And I it I don't really think it makes a difference because yeah. you're not going to I don't think if someone sees your movie and thinks it's cool that they're going to 
immediately think I'm going to go play that because if it's a really like hardcore game, yeah, then the the curve to even getting to the point would be way more than they would want to put in. Yeah, and monetarily, like back to Assassin's Creed, like monetarily it was successful, but I I believe it was meant to launch a franchise, and it and it didn't do that. So in a way, mm. it 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 failed. Okay, I think what you're saying about it them being separate, that's all of the successes, if you think about it, because I was thinking about Walking Dead, you know, game of the year. Like, everybody loved the Walking Dead uh, Telltale game. Yeah. And it had nothing to do with the show. Yeah. And the, and the and show wasn't exactly what the comic book was. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was adapted. And so yeah. it's definitely better. When the, and, and another one, Batman Arkham Knight, you know, like one of the highest rated games of 2011, like had nothing to do with i mean it wasn't it wasn't had nothing to do with the batman movies really i mean it was it told its own crazy batman story yeah. you know and it had nothing to do with the films aside from like here's the characters kind of do whatever you want with them andrew walking dead is such a good example man the graphic novels are good for graphic novels the tv show is good for the tv medium yeah. and the video game is good for the video game medium but yeah. they're all but they're all separate they, yeah. they have this connected world that they but they kind of let each other do their thing yeah. and they don't have one overarching body saying you know you need to make sure this is it goes like this and this is this way um because you you do see how significantly especially going from graphic novel to the tv show you see the significant changes they make but um that's a really good example of letting robert everyone kirkman, robert kirkman he knows what knows what's up is he yeah isn't he the guy that owns walking dead or something he's the i think he's the illustrator oh okay okay who, who created walking Dead? i think robert kirkman i i okay. think he I actually have it. Let me go tell you. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really believe that like that's a really good example of having one property and letting each uh, silo like do the thing that it needs to do in that yeah. silo. Yeah, I, they may have come out with a Walking Dead game that was that was like car. Sorry, who's the main guy in Walking Dead? Um, what's his name? Carl is the son. Is like the, the little boy. Name? Carl's dad. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Andrew Lincoln. Andrew Lincoln. <laughs> Andrew Lincoln. Uh, anyway. Yeah, it says Robert Kirkman, I think, is the... He was the illustrator? He's the creator, the writer, and the letterer. Oh, so he, yeah, he wrote it, yeah. Yeah, so he created it, and then he kind of wasn't involved completely, but yeah. Cool. Anyway. Okay, let me do my movie really quick. Um, so I, I like... I've I realized I like worlds in video games that um give me some they realistically try to think out like what would be going on in this world yeah like what is what is is this a realistic believable world or does this world just exist for my gratification as a gamer and like do they realistically think that out and like i think the bioshock games in addition to being like really visually beautiful and interesting like it's in a city of atlantis that's built under the um that's, <laughs> pause for a second uh anyway so the bioshock games are um you know it's take it's basically an atlantis like an underwater city that they built and i actually read i'm such a dork i read one of the <laughs> books about bioshock and it kind of sets it up and it is like a like a book book or a... yeah i read a book i read a book that's like extra information about bioshock and it's and it's kind of it's the leading up story because you know like halo like they always they hire people to write these books that that exist in the yeah, universe dude, spider-man's got one too yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> Spider-Man has a lot, probably. Well, no, I mean, Spider-Man has, like, a prequel novel that, you that like, goes along the with game? the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude! Yeah, it's got a book. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Um... So anyway, so Bioshock and just wor- worlds that are not only interesting but are trying to be somewhat believable in the in the way that they do that. And I like the Deus Ex games a lot. Um, they do that really well. Um, but but yeah, my movie would just be Bioshock. And th- th- several people, I haven't thought about exactly the story that would tell. Uh, Bioshock Infinite was interesting because it wasn't underwater anymore. Um, it was it was you know dealt with this these like racist people who were basically living in the sky. And the way that the way that the creator described it, you played Infinite, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the way that the creator described it was like, it was like a going to the moon type thing. It was like, can we create this city that floats around? But what you realize in the game is the city that floats around in the air kind of comes to represent like all of the bad things about America. Basically, it's like racist, nationalist, like it's kind of like all these terrible things about America just like floating in the sky. And uh, so. Um, but I, um, they've just the Bioshock games always have really interesting worlds. They're just like really beautiful games, and they, um, I, I guess, more so than that than they're believable. They're just really beautiful worlds, and they're kind of like really celebrated games. And I would just like to see a. I hadn't. I guess I hadn't thought deeply about it, but I would just like to see a, a movie in the, in the Bioshock world. I think that could work. I mean, Bioshock yeah. is that sci-fi maybe bordering on a little bit of steampunk that is like hot right now yeah uh so yeah i could see it why hasn't that happened yet there was um who's the guy not robert zemeckis but um who's the guy who did pirates uh the director um the guy jerry bruckheimer gore verbinski no gore verbinski it's gore it was produced by jerry bruckheimer (laughs) why do you know this because I really, because really it's Pirates, Pirates of the Caribbean. You're you know really his uh, his intro where it's like the road and yeah. the lightning down yeah. the tree. Yeah. That's Jerry Bruckheimer. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. like etched in my mind. Yeah, whenever, I, whenever I, you watch Con Air, it, I uh, remember when, when I was a kid. <laughs> I, I, I I'm like no, every I movie <laughs> I love has this image. All forty-seven times lightning. I <laughs> um, Wasn't a National Treasure Jerry Bruckheimer? Probably it's it's of equal. Quality. I hope so. <laughs> I <laughs> hope so. Um, oh, dude! I'd even think. I think last time he was on, Philip was talking about. Oh how, yeah, how yeah, bad yeah. He wants National Treasure to be made into a game, uh, which would be it would just be like Uncharted, a shitty Tomb Raider, basically. <laughs> I mean, it would almost be just a puzzler. Like it, it would, would be like be a like, bad version of Uncharted. Like we it, don't need that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, With Nicolas Cage. Yeah, that might save it actually. Can you imagine just like tons of lines, like all the dialogue by Nicolas Cage and like motion capturing him? <laughs> and, like, that would just like the internet would just like love that. It, the meme you, fest, you know, here, I would be. I, I, I want it to happen just for the meme fest. I, that would I have to do a little aside for Nicolas Cage. So we watched uh, Face Off the other night. Oh, dude, so good. Yeah, yeah. So, we watched it, and I was like, this is very entertaining. This boat chase is fantastic. Mm -hmm. This, like, the whole thing is ridiculous. And then I looked up reviews for it, (laughs) and I found a Roger Ebert review (laughs) that was from, uh, you know, 1997, and it gave it three and a half stars out of four. And Robert... and. Yes. Roger Ebert yes. said, Nicolas Cage's acting is mesmerizing. There's a certain quality about it that you just, 
you just can't take your <laughs> eyes off of. And it just went on and on about Nicolas Cage's acting, and I thought it was unbelievable. Do you get the? Uh, do you understand the uh, double meaning of the title? Uh. So what do you mean? Off so face off? Face off and face off. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, dude. But, yeah, that's but, that's what that's. <laughs> wait, are you are you joking about no, no, no. thinking it was good, dude? I'm gonna. I legitimately me, think it's good. Find, I think it's an amazing movie. Let me find a quote. You know, at the end when they're facing each other through the mirrors, and it's like they're actually looking at themselves, Thomas. Dude, it's yeah, because they're looking at they're yeah. looking at the other guy, and yeah, yeah, so they're, they're actually looking at, looking at their themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so deep. face off. I want to take his face off. <laughs> um. Oh gosh. Well, that was a good one. I like everyone's answers. Can, I could see. Can all I of read these this? Just just read it. Fast. Just do it. Um, Don't read the entire review. No, I would never read the whole thing. Uh, quip me, give me the best quip from the Thomas is actually reading th- quickly skimming through an article quickly right now. skimming, oh man, if his, if I can't find it, this is going to be his eyes squinting, sweat forming on be... his forehead into a sing- single bead keep narrating <laughs> I I need this coming down <laughs> alright, all right, let's wrap this Don't episode worry about up it. There we go. it doesn't matter <clears throat> Anyway. Anyway, thanks for joining us, guys. Look up the review yourself on Face Off. Great. Thomas will tweet it out in our show notes. (laughs) I will totally do that. Uh, See you guys. See you. Bye.